Manchester City are still alive here. Balotelli, Aguero! Back, Fuchs. And the ball in behind Damian Bunny! Well, your head must be in the sand. Is your head in the sand? Can you, are you flexible enough to get your head in the sand? Now the fans are shouting every week, Louis van Gaal's army! <laughs> Louis van Gaal's army! Feet after a fabulous start, the game just got away from you there. I have nothing, nothing to say. Nothing to say about the game at all? Wow, we're live. Through through the powers of cyberspace, the ultimate scuffed podcast. Hank, how you doing? But it had to be done. Oh, it, it I'm had doing to be fantastic. Done. Yes. We had unfortunately, we delayed long enough. Unfortunately, we couldn't put out an episode last week, and this week has to be through the cyberspace due to me getting COVID. Yes. Just the absolutely worst time. Fans waiting on their on their on what, uh, what's hands gonna and happen feet. this Yeah, what's gonna happen in this Premier League season? Yeah. Well, it's starting well, tomorrow. Tomorrow is the day. Arsenal versus Crystal Palace. Yes. Yes it is, and you know what? It's a hell of a game to start off. But before we get into the previews, we got to go through the remaining 10 teams. Probably won't spend as much time in depth as we did with the bottom half, only because we have a jam-packed episode. Let's yes. kick it off here. Number 10, Leicester City. Last year finished 8th. Headliners include Vardy, Madison, Fafana, Barnes, Additions, Sam. Who'd they bring in? Tumbleweeds. Tumbleweeds. Not a soul. Not a soul. Where'd everyone go? Nowhere. Nowhere. Um, keys to success, health, and keeping form, and actually defending corners, I suppose, is another one that should be yes. up there. Um... My question for them, is this Vardy's last great year? And how will the midfield dynamic be different this year? Because you remember last year, it was quite poor, minus Madison, who is mainly just going forward, so he's not even back there much in attack. And, but, and, I mean, Dewsbury Hall, obviously, very good as well. But, you know, other than that, it was pretty dire. Yeah, really, the, the whole team was just kind of all over the place especially when they had the AFCON and they were playing midfielders at center backs and all the center backs got hurt. Fafana obviously got his leg broken in preseason last year. Start the year. That was bad. Um, Jamie Vardy was not healthy consistently. When he was healthy, he was excellent. Yes. And I think that's something... 25 games. 
something Lester are going to need is that he's going to be healthy more consistently than he was last season. Because without Jamie Vardy, that team is just, it's a completely different team. Yeah, minus the soul, minus the caliber of striker. They tried to patch together a couple guys last year and attack Daka not as well as we thought he might have been coming over. Lookman, I feel like Lookman will always be one of those guys who leaves something to be desired. Now he's on at Atlanta this year, so we're not even really going to see him. It's They're really relying on Vardy. Um, I think the big departure is probably more in terms of stature at the club is Schmeichel out. Yep. Your guy, Mr. Ward, getting his chance. The Welsh wizard. I just made that up. The pipes, what's, the pipes. What's your conclusion going. on Leicester this year? My conclusion. Oh, before we start. Uh, ceiling 6th, basement 12th. But go yes. ahead to wrap up things on Leicester. My conclusion is we saw some flashes out of them last season. And they did it at times without Vardy. It's going to be really important for James Madison to have a much more consistent season. Last season, his second half of the season was pretty good. First half of the season was pretty awful. Harvey Barnes, what's what's the deal on Harvey Barnes? We're going into his, his third real season. Can he yeah, cement can himself? He make the jump? Yes. Those okay. are the biggest questions I have. I think it's funny their only addition in, I guess, is technically Dennis Pryat, and it's just the end of a loan at Torino, and he's coming back. Yeah. I don't even count that. Uh, moving yep. on, ninth. There are rumors, yeah. I, I, I will well, just say, a couple of rumors about some outgoings in terms of uh, Madison and Fafana. Vardy's name got brought up for United and Chelsea. I can't oh, I see that, see but I I just can't imagine anyone would pay what they would ask for Fafana, which would be at least eighty million. I think Chelsea would. I think Chelsea are panic buying galore. I don't think Newcastle's in a spot where they have to panic put up fifty million pounds for Madison. So I would suspect he'd be there. I think a deal will get done for Tielemans. Whether it's Arsenal or United or whoever, I think something has to get done there. So, but then again, that leaves you pretty bare bones for most of the year. You're not going to be bringing in guys in the winter window. So, I I just don't like where Leicester's at right now. Yeah. So moving on to number nine, Aston Villa. Give us a rundown. Last year, fourteenth headliners: McGinn, Mings, Coutinho, Watkins. Personnel is ever-changing for them. Um, key additions. They made some big, big-time uh, splashes in the market. Diego Carlos for 31 million euros from Sevilla. Uh, officially bought Continuo. Officially bought Robin Olsen. Brought in Ludwig Augustinsson. Um, and also brought in Bubakar Kamara. Um some some nice moves by Villa. It's nice because you're adding a lot to what's already there, so that's what makes it good. You don't want too much of a 
you know, whole squad transition, you know, which we'll, we'll talk about with some teams, but, uh, all in all, I like what they did, especially the Bubakar Kamara signing. That's, uh, very nice. Yeah. Uh, he's the success before I cut you off here. Keep it rolling. Last year, way too consistently inconsistent. Did I, did I steal the thunder of some point you were going to make? No, no. Go on. That's all I had. It, it, last year, they were so just like up and down where they could only keep things going for about two or three games. Yeah. They have to find ways to patch it together for longer. Yeah. Uh, ceiling, 6th place. Basement, 13th place. My thoughts are... Those signings you've listed off, those are Stevie G's signings. Uh, so we'll have to see. Last season, they brought in some new signings during the summer window. Those were more under Dean Smith. And it was kind of a mixed bag in terms of Buendia, who was inconsistent himself, but at times good. And Leon Bailey, who... Really never got off the mark that much, I thought. Um, but like you said, consistency is going to be huge for Aston Villa. Um, yeah, can they get the attack firing? Can they get Danny Ings and and uh, Ollie Watkins going together? Yeah, or that's what I'm wondering. Gonna is this going to be? Is this Watkins' breakout year? I feel like it's it's brewing. There's a lot coming together, whether it be them getting Coutinho, maybe Buendia being a little more uh, comfortable in his surroundings and can do what he does in terms of distributing the ball and putting people in positions to score. Um, even just adding to like the uh, the fullbacks, getting Dinier for a full year and stuff, Matty Cash, if he can keep it going. I feel like there's just a lot of guys that can feed Watkins and put him in a good situation to score. That's why I feel like there's just there's a potential breakthrough for him. Yeah. And lastly, did you make anything of the Mings to McGinn captaincy switch? The only thing I really made of it was that uh McGinn might just end up staying there long term, never making like a big time move. I think to me I interpret it that as um Tyrone Mings is probably not going to be playing as much this year, which, you know, I guess some people don't think he's that good. I think personally, me and you, we, we rate him. Yeah. Um, appropriately. You know, in terms of captaincy, it's hard to say who deserves it over one or the other without being, you know, at the club day to day and seeing those sorts of things. But I think it would be disappointing if if Mings kind of lost his spot in the team because I think he's a good player who can play around Aston Villa's level. I don't know who the hell you put in there besides Diego Carlos along with him. I, I was severely unimpressed by their defensive depth last year with guys like House and stuff just really didn't do much. For me, I know we've talked about that before. Where it's like, okay, I I feel like Mings is kind of in a tough spot at times. With he might not be playing the best, but his defensive pairing, uh, partnership 
it's just not as good as I feel like it should be. Yeah. You ready to move on? Yes, let's move on. Number eight. I don't feel good about this. I don't feel good about these next two teams because I could see either one of them jumping up. But West Ham United. Someone's got to be eighth. And it's West Ham. Last year finished seventh. Headliners, Declan Rice, Jared Bowen, Mikel Antonio, Kurt Zuma. Headlines for the wrong reason, of course. Um, You know their personnel typically running that. 4-2-3-1. Um, as far as additions, they did make some splashes. They went out, got some guys very un-West Ham-like. Gianluca Scamacca. Little center forward from Swasulo for 36 million euros. Naif Augard from uh, Stadren, 35 mil on him. Who's FBC. already injured? Yeah. Not a good sign. Making Areola official for 9 mil. Solid. Um, yeah, I mean, I. I like what they did with Skamaka. We talked about mm -hmm. how they kind of need uh, more depth as far as attack, especially uh, to give guys like Antonio breaks. And they're going to make the Corne signing official too. Yeah. Um, they got his release clause, even though they bid like half a mil less than the release clause, and then they just activate the release clause. Like, what, <laughs> it, I don't know it was for the principal. They're like, yeah, we don't want to pay the release clause, but we'll get pretty close. They did the, the Vanger um, <laughs> one cent over one, or whatever. One pound. The cheeky yeah. 50 million in one pound. Yeah. I was thinking about that the other day. That was classic. The good times. The good times. Yes. Um... Keys to success, transitioning new talents into the squad without missing a beat. I feel like that would be the main thing that would hold them up is these guys don't translate that well. Yeah. Or they're just out of form and they come in for like a game or two, but they're not even playing that well. And it kind of just lowers the level of quality of West Ham. Do you feel me on that? Yeah, I think, I think Cornet obviously will fit in quite nicely in the West yes. Ham system. Uh, in terms of Skamaka and uh, the Norgard, or what's his name? Talking about the French guy. Yeah, yeah. the center back. Yeah, that got hurt. You know, they're a little bit more of a question mark, especially for me, guys, coming from Italy. I'm a little hesitant. Yeah, it doesn't always work out. doesn't always work out, but... I like that they added some depth. Yeah, you can't complain about that. And spending money and keeping Rice is uh, massive. So, ceiling yeah. basement, we have them 5th and 11th. Things go wrong. I should say for Villa, we had them 6th and 13th for their ceiling basement. Um, My question, is this the last year of Rice and Bowen? Can they make it count? Yeah, that's going to be the big question because... They have the chance to elevate themselves as a club to be like solidly Europa League if they have a good season this year. But if they drop off, it's just the potential's there for them to just, you know, fall back Start into, going down the, into yeah, where they were. Slash relegation. Yeah. 
Yeah. So you really yeah. don't want to lose that progress, especially like you say when you know that next season Rice is going to be gone for sure. Yeah. Bowen, maybe. He might still have another year with you. He might still yeah. be there, especially if they're going to lose Rice. Then they'll probably try and keep on, keep a hold of Bowen as long as possible. But yeah. Yeah. So that's that's my thought on it, pretty much. Just try and get into the Europa League if possible. You have any other wrapping up conclusions for West Ham? Anything that you want to say about them before uh, the season kicks off? I'd like to see a bounce back season from Sushek. I thought he was kind of disappointing last year. Despite West Ham playing pretty well. Yes. Fair enough. Seventh. We have the mighty, mighty Newcastle United. Last year finished 11th. Headliners, Bruno G, Callum Wilson, Sam Maximin, Kieran Trippier. Um, I mean, gosh, they, as far as personnel, completely different under Eddie Howe compared to Steve Bruce, yeah? Yes. 100%. <laughs> able to hold the ball, possess the game, or possess the ball, you know, kind of just control the game for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, they don't get they completely... Back, they can sit back and they, completely they do Completely well, dominated. Um, yes. They can withstand pressure, but it's not like during Steve Bruce's time where it's just like, okay, That's there's like 20% possession... And they're doing nothing to get the ball. Mm -hmm. Newcastle. They brought in Sven Botman from Lille for 37 million euros. Made the Maddie target uh, transaction official. And then also brought in Nick Pope for 11.5 mil. Very nice signing. Yeah. Your guy officially is out, Dwight Gale. You have any departing words for him? Dwight Gale, what a what a championship legend. He's thirty two. He is thirty two years old. <laughs> I can't believe he's older than Jeff Hendrick. That's crazy. He's been struggling to break through into a Premier League side for the past twelve years. Uh well, he's the success for Newcastle. Obviously build off what you did last season i think there is also some aspect of health mainly regarding their their bagger of goals mr callum wilson who yeah. you're almost guaranteed to get at least a month stretch where he just doesn't play yeah at least so a bit and i mean even some other guys they not injury prone Fair to say, but guys who kind of get their nicks. Joel Linton, for as good as he played last year, he has moments where he kind of gets hurt and stuff. I think I'm just impressed with how they're able to go from, like, last year, John Joe Shelby was probably, like, one of their four best guys. Now he's, like, on the bench. Probably not really even starting that much. Same with, like, yeah. Joe Willick. We are like, oh, man, they're pinning their hopes and dreams on Joe Willick. Now look at him. Yeah, I mean, if you just look back to last season, it took him, like, 15 games to get a win. And now, yeah. 
we're looking at this team completely different. New ownership, new coach, new players. It's just night and day the difference between this year and last year. Yeah, and you know what? The atmosphere completely changed around yeah. St. James. And when the fans are backing them, they're, uh, it's a whole lot better than when they're not backing them, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so. absolutely. Uh, what's your main takeaway from Newcastle going into this year? My main takeaway is going to be, can they stay consistent throughout the season or are there going to be spells of poor form and you know inevitably when there are spells of poor form how do they bounce back last season they did really well and then they kind of dropped off a little bit but they still kept it up still were able to yeah come back even more but um but was that kind of like you know because of the the newness of everything everything's fresh it's all exciting you know eddie howe is still relatively new at the club it you know that's probably going to wear off as time goes on but can you continue to fight back and and show hard work and hard effort high work rate and keep the fans on your side and get the results when they're not coming your way yeah, eventually most managers' uh, style and motivation and whatnot wears off, but I don't know. I mean, they. I, I it has to be more than just a flash in the pan. They were, from January on, they looked really good. They just looked really solid out there. Yeah. Um, I guess my question would be transitioning from some other guys that they already had to newer guys. Um, you know, who makes the cut, who doesn't make the cut, we'll still have to see um, whether or not they offload guys like Sam Maximan. If, like, Dan Byrne kind of just becomes, like, your third-choice center back eventually, bring in another good center back, Fabian Scherz maybe off or something. You know, who knows? But yeah. that'll be interesting to see, especially since they were so active in the winter window last year. I doubt they'll be as active, but I feel like there's still a chance that they might uh, be relatively active compared to other teams. Yeah, it'll be interesting um, to see how they develop an identity. They're in a good spot where they have a really strong squad and they don't have European competitions like uh, some of these other teams we're going to be talking about, or just like West Ham we talked about, which yeah. is going to be tougher for them. Yeah. You ready to move on to your club? Moving on to the Shambolic Club at sixth place. Manchester United last year finished in sixth place. This year we have them finishing sixth. Oh, we should say, um, ceiling basement for Newcastle. I I would say, like, ceiling, there's like a 2% chance of it. I'd say fifth. Yeah. Uh, basement, I'd probably just to be safe, go like 12th. Mm -hmm. You never know. But um, yeah, back to United headliners, Bruno, CR7 for now, uh, Christian Eriksen, Davidea, Ari Maguire. Um, personnel Ten Hag, you would suspect you'd be looking 4-3-3, but I guess you never know. Um, additions, Sandra Martinez being the big one. Um, Malasia being the second big one. 
Erickson. Well, I guess in terms of fee, yeah, because Christian Erickson is probably the second biggest in terms of magnitude. Um, but yeah, I mean, they they didn't have a terrible summer. It's just they didn't address their main need. Central midfield. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They just didn't address it. Yeah. And Erickson, sure, you might be sitting there and say, well, Erickson's midfield. It's like, yeah, no. It, he's not bringing the defense that they need. No, not at all. You're still relying on Fred and McTom. And if you want to believe in them, you go ahead. I cannot believe in them. Um, Keys to success, I think, would be a bit of stabilizing the defense while... You know, not sacrificing too much in attack still. Easier said than done, as we watched last year. And figuring out how to go about this uh, this midfield. Yeah. What to do with that. Ten Hag has a lot on his plate. Let's put it like that. Yeah, he sure does, and things aren't getting started easy. He's got some drama with Ronaldo. Um I'm not sure if it was just Ronaldo or if it were if there were a couple players that left before the end of a preseason friendly. So obviously still some issues with the personalities in the club. That's going to be huge to see if he can come in and get a hold of that or if these big personalities are just going to whip him around and kind of take control of him. Yeah, I feel I feel like uh, Ten Hag is a good manager. We haven't seen him have to deal with big-time personalities like this at Ajax um, in terms of star power. And I, I would suspect, even if it's for the short term, even if it's detrimental to him in the short term, he's willing to probably say, you know what, if you're not going to buy in, then so be it. You're not going to play. In a way, I respect it, but at the same time, it's like, Ronaldo, no matter what people say, is still probably your best player, unless you maybe want to go Bruno. I'm a little worried about Bruno right now. Um, but, I mean, who else are you going to be playing up top? Martial? Tony Martial? Yeah, I just, I don't think, I don't think the players respect him right now. And I think that's a big issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if he's able to bring in his own guys and how much you're able to transform that. The only problem is is that it feels like no one's ever able to do the full revamp with the guys they want and stuff at United because by the time uh, you're even halfway through that, United's considering sacking you at this point. Yeah. Or they just overrule you like uh, Ole and they make the transfers for you. Yeah. Um, dealing basement, ceiling, I have fourth. Basement, I have eighth. My question. My question is about Lissandra Martinez. I don't know how he's going to adapt to the Premier League. And it's not fully just about the height thing. I, I, I don't know how they're going to use him alongside... McGuire and stuff, you would think it would make sense to have him be kind of like a ball-controlling center back alongside him, but I just don't 
know if I see the fit there. Anything has to be better than like Lindelof and Maguire, I suppose, but that's not saying much if you're trying to actually contend for Champions League. I just, I don't know. You you, you share the same worry as me, right? Yeah, especially the way that the United central defense gets exposed by the lack of midfield. He's gonna be ha he's gonna have to be flawless. Because as we've seen with Harry Maguire, any sorts of faults in your game are gonna get exposed. And I'm always personally leery of of players coming from the Netherlands. You know, obviously it's not the highest level of of league. He's a young player, he's IX and you're dominating yeah. smaller clubs, you know. He's a young player. He's got a lot of pressure, big price tag. So I think it's going to be difficult for him to come in and have success. But he's playing under his old manager, so he does have that going for him. A sense of uh, familiarity and yeah. uh, comfortability. You know, it's weird thinking about it. I was thinking about this today. It almost would make sense... Now, obviously, price takes are different stuff. If Lissandro Martinez went to Chelsea where he can, you know, kind of play on the ball and Chelsea dominate possession stuff, whereas Koulibaly, if he went to United, make more sense because he's just like a last-ditch. He's ball just playing great center open. Back. Yeah, just great in open space. Like, if you're going to try and dribble past him, he's going to shoulder you or he's going to get you off the ball one way or the other. Yeah. But, yeah, and but, I think something else that we've talked about United needs United caliber players. Are these players they're bringing in United caliber? I'm not sure. Yeah. I feel like... I feel like Malasia will be pretty solid for them. And that's not saying much because their fullbacks were pretty tragic last year, but he'll definitely be a much higher higher quality player than what they were dealing with last year. He's actually a fullback too, which I guess, you know, Wampasak and stuff, they were actually fullbacks, but they, you know, they tried to push him forward and it just wasn't really going. Um, so we'll see, you know, but I, I trust him more, Mr. Tyrell. Erickson, I like the free move. I think he'll be really, really good for them. Um, I saw this one thing where it was like, there's a tweet, it was like, Erickson's going to be an assist machine. It's like a perfect pinpoint uh, free kick, like delivered in the box, and someone just like headed it wide. It's like, yeah, that's there's United for you. Yeah. At the moment. Uh, anything else you'd like to say before we wrap up? United? I think, I think that's everything. All right. Moving on. Fifth. We have Arsenal. We're a little more bullish on Arsenal than people last year. Yeah. Not quite as I think we had them sixth, maybe fifth, probably sixth. I don't remember. Um, headliners: Odegaard, Gabriel, Gabriel Jesus, Mill, Smith, Rowe. Sam, why don't you break down the personnel of your team? How they like to play? Yeah, this year it's. There's potentially going to be a 4-3-3 system rocking. Otherwise, a 4-2-3-1 is always popular amongst Arsenal. But Odegaard, massive, massive player. 
recently named captain. Everything goes through him. Uh, a, a key addition, Gabriel Jesus, has been lighting it up in preseason. Can he continue that form in the regular season? That'll be a huge question mark because Arsenal last season played most of the season without a striker, really. And when they brought in Lacazette, he was kind of playing more as a false nine. And he only scored like three goals. So hugely lacking in the goals department. So if they can bring in Gabriel Jesus and he can score some goals, that would be massive. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I think Lacazette had his own kind of thing last year and it opened up other yeah. people. But just having a nine is going to be so much different for Arsenal. I do like their additional moves of Zinchenko. And uh, mm -hmm. Fabio Vieira also coming in. You got Matt Turner. Yeah, Zinchenko is going to be so useful having that the additional left back as well as central midfield depth. Can't be understated. Yeah, I felt like he was a big... He's going to fill a big role what they are missing last year because it felt like they they cost themselves so many points last year with like... Arteta just didn't have the right guy for like a situation and he's like here's Nuno and it's like well that doesn't make sense or he's like here's Lakanga mm -hmm. and it's like well that doesn't make sense yeah but now he's 100%. got Zinchenko who can fill in in those so even having him is worth a handful of points each yeah. year yeah I agree absolutely um, key additions went over that keys to success um, I would kind of say keep the ball rolling off last year. Um, obviously it didn't end how they wanted to knock in top four, but still something to build off of from last year. Uh, I would also say kind of focusing more a bit on consistency. They did have that one big run, uh, I think probably from like October through, what would you say? Like December where they, I don't think they really lost a game. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. After that, it kind of followed with some ups and downs and stuff. Just need to kind of iron it out, be a little more consistent, I feel like. Yeah, there were some key points of the season where key players got injured, specifically when the defense got injured. Tierney, Tomiyasu, Ben White missed a few games. When they didn't have their starting defense, that was kind of the biggest drop-off I saw. Um, I think players staying healthy is going to be massive. Obviously, there's the whole issue with Thomas Partey. Is he going to be playing this season? Is he going to miss some time? That's kind of all up in the air. He's a massive player in midfield. There's no one who can really do what he does in midfield to the level that he does it. I can do it. So... If, I could do it. If, if they don't have Thomas Partey, that would be an absolute blow to the system. Yeah, no, it he's really their uh, linchpin between defense and midfield. Um, a lot of times, and you're right, no one can kind of do what he does as far as defensive work rate and stuff in the midfield. Um, so it will be massive, but. You know, the rivals Tottenham, they have Basumu who has the same kind of dealio hanging over his head. Um, ceiling basement, ceiling I have third. 
basement, I have seventh. Um, I feel like that's pretty fair. My question with Arsenal is will they build off last year and make that jump? It Clearly, they were close last year, and they've added some high-caliber players. But that doesn't always result in a team getting better. In this case, I feel like they bought for need. They got it depth. They got probably one and a half guys who are starting caliber right away. Uh, with Jesus and then Zinchenko, depending on the matchup, will start a good amount of games. Um, and I think VR will have moments where he'll he'll probably be more Europa League player, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I them. think so. So, you know, I like their moves. Can they make the jump? I feel like they can. It's just a matter of I don't know who's going to be dropping out of the top four. A lot of people are down on Arsenal, it seems, yeah? Again? I don't I I think I think some people are but some people are like me who are pretty optimistic. I I don't think I've been this optimistic going into a season in in quite some time. They filled some some gaps in the squad nicely and I think if it all goes as planned the sky's the limit really. I think I think if if we're looking at these top teams, anything can happen. Yes. Any of the teams can play phenomenal, but any of these teams could drop off. Absolutely. It's just it's such a such a fine margin. I think Arsenal I think this could be the year that they really cement themselves back into the top four. Um but they're going to have to be better than last season where they had the chance to take fourth place but couldn't capture it. It was it was at those moments in the big games, the big moments where they couldn't handle the expectations and the pressure. Hopefully now a year on with the experience, with, with those lessons learned, they can take those and succeed this year. Well said. Moving on. Fourth. We have Tottenham Hotspur. Last year finished fourth. Headliners Kane, Son, Romero, Kulashevsky. Uh, personnel, 3-4-3. Three, three. You know what Conte loves to do. Um, as far as additions, they had quite a bit, Sam. They had quite a bit of moves. Mm -hmm. um, let me pull it up here. Give me un segundo here. Richie Richarlison for fat 58 million euros. V. Basuma, Jed Spence, Perisic, Fraser Forrester, Longley, and oh, that's some other guy's loan ended. Um, yeah, brought in a bunch of guys. I gotta say, I'm not, we know. We, we are not Richarlison guys. We know this right off the bat. Yes. I tried to give it the benefit of the doubt and kind of look at it from every angle. I don't get it. Yeah, I think... I don't. The move, I don't get it. I, I think that idea was purely like kind of the Liverpool route where you have more players than you have sp spots available and you just want to plug and play rotate guys in and 
Especially having the five subs rule, you got to consider more than your first 11. You got to consider utilizing all 18 players and you want to go for as much quality in the squad as you have possible. Now, personally, like you were saying, we don't rate Richarlison. I think he's one of the most overrated players there is. Um, but in terms of being the bench option for Tottenham, I don't think it's terrible. He can bring kind of a different dynamic than some of the other players. Um, we like their front three. Kane, Son, Kulishevsky, they were absolutely dynamite last season under Conte. And if they can keep that up, there's nothing stopping them from finishing fourth, third, second, depending on how the teams are around them. But I think the one thing about last season is that at times they didn't play very good and they relied on being very efficient in the final third to win their yeah. games. And I, and I get you know, the counter-argument that it would be, well, they have two world-class players, so you have to account for the fact that, you know, you have those players, so you have to focus on your weaknesses and protecting those more than your strengths and exploiting those, I guess. It's kind of more of a conservative way to think about it, but, hey, I mean, it, it worked for them last year. I thought you were going to say, like, you know, they had games where teams like Leicester just decided to literally hand them three points for absolutely no reason. Yeah, that too. So they were the probably the luckiest team. Oh, we, they were, didn't you? Did you watch the Hankies? I lived them. <laughs> uh, keys to success. I would say. The wide play, the wing-back play, bringing in Perisic. Doherty's still out. They're apparently talking about maybe selling Regulon. I don't know. I think this close to the end of the year, I, or uh, start of season, I don't think you want to be doing that. Is that fair to say? And that's not even... I'm not yeah. a big Regulon guy, but... I mean, the odds you bring in a suitable replacement, not right. very high. Um, So the wide play, given Conte's system, how important that is... If you want to compete the whole year, give your best chance to win the title, I need a full year from Harry Kane. He's notorious for kind of slower starts. And mm -hmm. last year might have been the ultimate slow start. He didn't really get going until like December. A lot of times it's more like August and September is not very good, and then October he picks it up. Yeah. They got to have it the full full season this year. Yeah, it's a scary thought of having a full season Kane where he really is performing at his highest level. Um, I think the one thing I do want to say is that I think overall the quality of their squad is the worst out of the top five. They have just two world-class guys and one guy who's probably not world-class but is really damn good in Kulishevsky. And they have a guy in defense like that with uh, Romero who's not world-class but he's really damn good. I I like the idea of them bringing in Basuma to just win the ball in midfield, and I think that's going to ease up things on Hoiberg, and you won't be as uh, you won't notice Hoiberg as much in a negative way because I feel like you have certain expectations of him when he's your best player in midfield. There's a lot of expectations on you, and unfortunately, he was probably Tottenham's best midfield player last year. He wasn't bad, but you just don't want him to be your best guy, yeah. 
Yeah, I think I think Bazuma does bring an upgrade in midfield. Uh, but yeah, overall the midfield is gonna have to kind of compensate for the defense, which overall I don't think is very good. I don't think Langley is good at all. I'm not a I'm not a fan of that man. Um. Yeah. So overall, they're very top-heavy team. Yeah. And they kind of have to play a certain style to to avoid being exposed for their lower quality midfield and defense. Yeah, they definitely have to play a certain style, all right. Um, ceiling, basement, ceiling, I have them second. Basement, I have them sixth. Um, my question with them is how long can this last? Can they seize the opportunity that they have in front of them? Because we know Conte's not for long. And I still feel like there will forever be a move in the cards for Harry Kane and potentially Son uh, to jump to a bigger club, even though they're a bit older now. Um, so, I, I, you know, can they make the most of it? We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, it does feel like uh, kind of the ticking time bomb of Conte. Yeah. Absolutely. You got any conclusions about a... Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think it's kind of like seizing the opportunity that they have right now. This team is pretty good. They have Kane and Son, world-class players. They have a world-class manager in Conte. Can they put all the pieces together and make it a great season this season because if they can't do it this season then I don't think they'll ever be able to do it they really won't it's kind of like when Everton and Ancelotti and a bunch of money is spent and they blew it yeah speaking of Everton number three we have Liverpool this might be a shock I think everyone has City one and Liverpool two uh we have Liverpool three. Last year finished second. Headliner Salah, Trent Alexander, Arnold, Allison, Luis Diaz, and Virgil Van Dyke. Um, you know it. It's hard to put them at three given what we just saw, but so much went right for Liverpool last year that it's hard to not put them down a bit and expect some regression. Let's go over their key transactions. Obviously, Darwin Nunez, the big 75 million euro fee. Um, also brought in Fabio Carvalho as well. Calvin Ramsey, too. Um, yeah, Darwin Nunez is a polarizing guy that they brought in. Some people don't think he'll be all that great. Some people think he'll be great. What are you thinking about him? I haven't seen much of him, but as of now, I'm I'm just not super convinced for for the fee, and I think overall, Liverpool they're kind of due due for a a miss in terms of transfers. They've gotten pretty lucky, or you know however you want to say whether it was lucky or skill, that you know most of their transfers have hit so far. Um, but I think he might be a miss. And I think the key issue with Liverpool is their persistence to not add a midfielder. 
and we spoke about ticking time bombs of of Conte. Liverpool, it feels like a ticking time bomb of injuries and and squad depth, especially in the midfield, where it's pretty thin, and you have guys like Henderson, who's getting older and injury prone, Thiago injury prone, Kaita has spent some time injured as well. Um, yeah, and and just continuing to say no, despite there being quality midfielders available, we only want the very best and if we can't get the very best then we're not going to add anybody yeah very strange way to look at it given how long the season is and you make it through all these competitions yeah liverpool really are you know they're playing they're playing with fire out here and we we thought it might come back to bite them in the butt last year it didn't it did the complete opposite this year I wouldn't say that it's guaranteed, but it, it just feels like you're bound to experience some injury regression uh, the other way. And I find it kind of confusing because their attack philosophy is the polar opposite, where they want to have extra guys who they can rotate in and out of the team. You know, they yeah, have it's... one of the, the best depths of, of an attacking lineup. It's like they look at it where it's like we'll be holding the main, the most possession of play, so midfield's not going to be as important as, you know, attack and stuff. We're just going to be swinging balls in with Alexander Arnold and Robertson, and we just need to make sure Salah um, and now being Diaz and Nunez are healthy. In the past, used to be Mane and Firmino and other guys, make sure they're all healthy. But yeah, it is, it is quite strange to say the least that they just. I mean, letting a guy like Genie Wijnaldum just go and not replacing him, and then you don't get punished for it, like that. And no one will act like that's, you know, not completely ridiculously lucky. Yeah. But it is what it is. Um, ceiling, basement, obviously, ceiling first. Basement, I'll say fifth. I doubt it. It's probably more like fourth, but. Um, my question for Liverpool will have to be uh, in regards to Konate and if he can improve himself from what he was last year because you cannot keep relying on like 34, 35-year-old Joel Matip forever. And I saw Konate actually got injured in a preseason match just recently, so he's going to yeah. be missing... Some time at the start Good of the time. season. Nat Phillips, come back <clears throat> in. <clears throat> yes. Uh, do you have any wrapping up conclusions on? Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they live without having Sadio Mane. They're kind of transitioning. Now they have Sala, Nunez, Diaz, and, and Jota as their guys. Can they keep the level of play? elevated as it's been in the past few seasons it's pretty hard to keep it at that level especially if there's any drop off for Mo Salah because he's been absolutely vital or if if there's an injury or whatnot um, I just think not willing to spend money other than you know bringing in one one or two guys it's going to be tough to keep your spot when teams around you are going to be spending 
as much as they have been. I think their argument would have to be something to do with youth and their youth development, but we haven't really seen it for another year or two, or for uh, the past year or two. And now they'll say Harvey Elliott and guys like that, but it's like, yeah, again, that's attack. That's not really, you know, midfield and defense, but. Yeah. It is what it is. In second, we have Chelsea. A lot of people might say Chelsea in second. They've had a terrible preseason. They missed out on a bunch of transfers. Last year finished third. Headliners include Mount, Thiago Silva, Raz, Raheem Sterling, Watt, and Reese James. Um, personnel, little little three five two action at times, but uh, mainly it's loading up with the midfield sometimes even just a well five four one if you'd like or a you know just just packing the midfield holding the ball getting the ball wide making darting runs um as far as additions they did make a few i just hinted at one sam's favorite guy raz raheem sterling also got kula bali from napoli and uh, who else did they get? They got Chukawameka from Aston Villa, which was kind of surprising and out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, and then Slonina, the youth goalie prospect. Also get Gallagher and Brogia back from Malone. I do note those because those are actual guys that we saw play last year. But I do not note Batshuayi and Ethan and Padu because who the hell cares? And it sounds, you know, this is kind of like hot off the presses but it sounds like they're going to be signing mark kukurea for around 55 million pounds which is just Wild. insanity to be paying that Wild. much for kukurea um but yeah i think obviously it's been kind of a crazy transfer window for chelsea with rafinha getting gazumped by barcelona on that and and uh Kunde, after that long transfer process, ultimately ends up going to Barcelona, not bringing in center backs to replace the ones you lost other than Koulibaly. Um, so overall, I think Chelsea's kind of in a weird place, but that it's... That seems to suit them for whatever reason. Absolutely. And it's still Chelsea, and I think Chelsea thrives off of this kind of like people not respecting them type of mentality because a lot of people to me think chelsea is going to be a drop off this year but i think chelsea is going to be as good as ever <clears throat> yeah i think that uh they'll be pretty solid i feel like i don't hate the guys they brought in i just hate the fees associated with it yeah. uh sterling i i do genuinely not like I, I think he's overrated but if you want to look at it we meme on him for being a tap-in merchant but that's i guess what chelsea need just a guy to be in the right spot and stuff koulibaly probably as good as you'll get for a rudiger replacement i feel like he's a little more solid at the back but probably not going to make the wow plays as much he's also sneaky 31 yeah now we do have tiago silva who's older and experienced but you just never know. With age and defenders, they can always obviously drop off fast. 
Um, and as far as Kukurea goes, again, the player's good. It's the fee that's ridiculous. The only way you could frame it to where it's normal is you say, well, Reese, James, and Chilwell went out last year and they had to play Saul and Marcus Alonso for an extended period of time, and we cannot risk that happening again. So we'll pay an insane amount for a guy who is virtually one of the best, if not the best, um, at doing what Reese, James, and Chilwell do besides those guys in the Premier League last season. But yes. still, it's 50 mil. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. And you talk about Sterling, he's getting up there in age and you give him a fat five-year contract making big wages, 380k a week or something insane. Gillis. Um, you know, these are guys that in a couple of years, they might be kind of the albatross hanging around the neck of Chelsea that they can't get rid of. Exactly. Keys to success, I think it has to be said. Um, probably health for them. Last year, their main downfall was kind of, they slipped out of the title race a little bit due to some injuries, and they had a big COVID run-in um, in like December and January and stuff. Uh, but they really lost motivation, and they had this cloud hanging over them with the Abramovich and bully situation who's the owner what's going to happen they couldn't extend players contracts they couldn't sell tickets to non-season ticket holders it just felt weird yeah. go back and watch that like like who is a game they played late in the year not necessarily the watford one but one before that it just didn't feel like the normal atmosphere of a premier league game it was very weird um so I guess, you know, my question, and we were kind of hinting at it, is, uh, you know, can Chelsea thrive in this chaos? Can Tuchel make the most out of this squad, given what he has, assuming, say, Kukur is the last guy they bring in? Can, can Tuchel make the most out of it? Yeah. Only time will tell. Only time will tell, and I think... Do you have any... Oh, I was going to say, you have any wrap-up conclusions for Chelsea? I'm, I am concerned about the striker position. I'm sure it'll just be rolling with Havertz again, but that doesn't really fill me with the most confidence. And I'm also kind of... Watch the video of him shooting the ball completely past the net, but it went right in the <laughs> trash can. I didn't That's, see that. That was skill skill he was like kind of out in front of the net and just put it way wide and it went like directly in the trash like a one in a million shot pretty much. <laughs> uh i think what were you gonna say? i'm curious to see how reese james and sterling work together if that can be like a symbiotic relationship or if they're just going to be detrimental to one in one another um i feel like sterling might be a little more central than we saw him with City. Yeah. I have no proof of this. I just feel like that will be the case. It would make sense. Let, they'll let kind of like... Uh, obviously, the wingbacks go wide, and even like mountain stuff will probably be end up being a little more wide and stuff, but 
I guess we'll see. Are you ready to move on to the last one and then yes. fire through a bunch of topics and then preview some games? We still have a lot of pod left. Last Man City, last year, first place. Headliners, too many to list, to be quite frank. Just They, they have so many good players. It's like, what's even the point? You're yeah, their whole squad. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, personnel... God, I guess you kind of say a four-three-three, but it really depends. It it varies, game to game. Um, sometimes a four-two-three-one, but mainly I'd say four-three-three. Um, additions, obviously the big one, Erling Holland, along with Calvin Phillips. Uh, what did you think of their summer? I thought it was curious because of. The amount of departures. Um, okay. That's not something we've... Zach Steffen? Typically seen the amount of players leaving. And then, obviously, they're going to have to transition into some new guys coming in. Obviously, the big guy being Holland. Can he adapt to the Premier League? Can he succeed? Can he stay healthy? That's a big question. It's a big question that I don't think enough people are talking about. Yeah, I I think that'll be the the biggest question. Um, can they kind of roll into this season transitioning on the go, not dropping points, you know, for just kind of poor performances along the way? If they can maintain the Man City level that we have come to know then I don't think it should be an issue. But I, I do think it's possible that they could have some some stumbling along the way. Those interbulations along the way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely think that, uh, you know, getting Holland in there has to be the main question and how they're going to um, adapt to that. And also sacrificing a decent chunk of depth. Um to kind of build more for like guys who are starter quality right off the bat. Um, I would say my main question, though, just to be different rather than talk about Holland, would be, is this a bounce back year? Kind of expecting a lot more out of Jack Grealish? I would think so. I think it has to be. Yeah. Yeah, I feel the same way. I think that it'll... Uh, and I think after a year in the system, you know, it kind of got better as the year went on, even though it's pretty limited. But yeah, I, I still feel like there's a lot, a lot there, a lot of meat on the bone. Um, there's not much to say. I'd say for ceiling and basement, probably first and third. It's probably fair. Third would honestly be like mind blowing in a sense. There's like a point one percent chance, but yeah. You know, still a chance. Anything you'd like to say about City before we wrap up on this? Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see who who stands out for them this season. Moving into kind of a, a newer era of Man City as they continue on their dominance. Yes. You want to go through our rapid fire predictions? Yes. All right. Player of the year, who do you have? 
I'm gonna say probably De Bruyne. Oh, you copied me. You copied me. Kevin De Bruyne, manager of the year. I'll just say Pep because we both think that they'll win the league. Yeah, it, it's always topic. given to the one who wins. wins. The real thing should we should be guess who wins the hanky next year. Yes, <laughs> manager of the year. Uh, top score. Top score. I think Harry Kane. Oh my God! Did you read my? You read it. And Harry Kane as well. Young player. Hmm, that's a good this question. This is where you have to differ. There's just so many options. Um, William Saliba. Okay, I had Holland. I figured you would have said Saka, but um, big Sam team. Big Sam team. It's gotta be Forest. Really? Okay. I had two options here. I said Fulham, yeah. and then in parentheses I said sneaky chance at Wolves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could see him at Wolves. Uh, I could see him at Fulham too. I could, I could really see him at Forest. Just everything goes wrong. They plug in Big Sam to stay up with their all their expensive guys, and they pay um, him a bunch of money. <laughs> all right, I'll do it, but only for ten daily pies. <laughs> Uh, hate to watch team. I have two here. The team that you're going to... Last year was Norwich. Last year was definitely Norwich. No one wanted to watch them. Okay. Who did you, who did you say? I'm going to say Everton. Oh, my God. I had Everton, too. But you don't know who my team in parentheses was? Let me guess. Yep. Bournemouth. No. It's actually a mid-table team. I'd hate to watch them because they should be better and then they'd fail my expectations. Uh, Leicester. Close. I had Villa. Villa. That was going to be my next guess. Um, sneaky fun team to watch. I think we're going to have the same team here. But is what it is. I also have two, though. So. Um... You know what, I'm just going to go first, and then you can, then yeah. you'll have copied me. I said Bournemouth, and my team in parentheses was Leeds next to it. I think Leeds have a lot of potential to be fun. Yeah, I think Could that's Could be shambolically good. fun, but... I think Bournemouth won't be super exciting in terms of, like, a Leeds, but I think it'll be fun to watch Maybe. them overperform expectations. Exciting if you're an autist for... Uh, footy like we are and scott barker. scott barker yep absolutely um biggest disappointment team incoming Oof, man i went for it i just went for it i think it'll be wolves okay for me yeah i think some people still think they'll be uh really solid this year i, I think there's gonna be a bit of a drop off i just said i said liverpool Okay. Instead of, I I I, th I think there will be think. I think there will be one of the the five, the top 5. Yeah. That we listed. I think one of them is just going to have an off year. Yep. Um best signing. Best signing. Ugh. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. 
Maybe Gabriel Jesus. Okay. Okay. I think in terms of the the need that they fill, I think yeah. that's a big one. That's fair. I uh, I was thinking either Holland or Koulibaly for the uh, big ones. If we're going smaller one, I said Joe Rebo. I will say I like um, Tyler Adams at Leeds and Brendan Aronson. Those are solid. Um, worst signing. Um, I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say, well, one, I'm going to say Nunez. Oh. I think he'll be like this year's Sancho. He didn't even cross my mind. And then I'm going to say one of Forrest's like nine million sign-ins. Really? Okay. I went Richarlison. I, I can't see it. Yeah. Um, Team who starts hot and fades in the first like month, month and a half. I think that'll be Forrest. See, I don't think so. I think they're going to be, they might build up as the year goes on and try and push for a great escape. I, I, I can't with all their new guys. Like there's so much transitioning. I want yeah. Brentford. I think Brentford will start off all right and then fade. Yeah. First manager sacked. I think Marco Silva. Oh my gosh, now we're back on the board. I also said Marco Silva. Marco Silva a... never has good relationships with the teams that he's on. No, he, he really doesn't. If he does, it's for about two and a half months. And he's already been complaining. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously. He's going to be complaining more when he realizes Mitrovic can't score 50 times in the Premier League. Yeah. Uh, great escape team. Um, maybe Leeds. Okay. Okay. I went with Bournemouth. Uh, team that shits on Southampton. Now let's, let me give a little backstory to this one. Southampton, the last couple of years, they lost 9-0 to Leicester. They lost 9-0 to Leicester the next year. Then last year, I think they lost to Chelsea 7-0 or 8-0. So there's just one game a year where Southampton could shit on. And right now we're going to predict what team beats Southampton. Sam, what team do you think is going to beat Southampton bad this year? I think it's going to be Aston Villa. I think they have it in their in their locker. They did okay. it to Liverpool. I, I, I went with United because that would be a very like United thing and people are trying to act like it's important or impressive. Okay. Uh, who do you have coming up next year? Let's see. I got to look at the championship. I didn't look too hard. I think Burnley's going to come back. I think Looking I like their signings. Um, maybe a cheeky Millwall. Oh, man. Yeah, that's I kind of like an, my dreams. That's like an out, outside. I think pick. they lost like the FA Cup today like a fourth of it. Or something, or the Carabao Cup, or something. And then I'm gonna say Hull. Oh my goodness! I'm yeah. gonna go uh, West Brom, Norwich, and Middle of Spreh. Okay. Bounce back year for a player. Bounce back year. I think. I think Sancho might be okay. 
Okay. I mean, this is Sudamore, 433. He's just on the wing by himself. Yeah. Uh, bounce back here. I'm going to go with a kind of similar approach, but I'm going to go Grealish. But I also had a secondary one of N'Golo Conte. I think he'll be back to Conte. Okay. thinks he just had bad injury luck last year. Emerging star. I have three guys. Couldn't even pick one. I had three of them. Um, Brendan Aronson. Um, Michael Olise. I like that call. Who do you got? I had Jacob Ramsey, okay. Harvey Barnes, and Emil Smith Rue. Yeah, I really like the Jacob Ramsey. Yes, I think he'll grow more this year. Um, do you have any hot takes you want to get off? I have I have like five or six of them. Um, I think people severely are underrating Bournemouth and overrating teams like Forest and Fulham. And like it it bothers me. It's just... come to the point where I haven't seen enough people saying Fulham are gonna get relegated to where they're gonna pull a Norwich and they're just gonna be really, really stinky. Yeah. Um, I think Everton sucks, but that's not a hot take. <laughs> I think Chelsea will overperform expectations. I think United is going to suck again. I think Wolves are going to be, like, pretty awful. Okay. You ready to hear mine? Yeah. Number five, we already kind of previewed it a bit. Ollie Watkins' big year is incoming right okay. now. I'm thinking I'm thinking he's pushing twenty goals. Wow. Um number four. And they get hotter as you go. Newcastle have a top three defense in the league. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> yep. Yep, there it is. Number three, Arsenal have a player up for player of the year. I don't know who. But I mean last season they had soccer. Well, it's going to be someone different than Sokka. That's my hot take. How about that? Okay. It'll be Odegaard. We'll say Odegaard up for player of the year. Um, Tottenham have their second best Premier League season ever, which is more than 77 points, but less than 86 points. Oh. Um, and then Graham Potter, Conte, and Tuchel are all out at year's end. Wow. Yeah. Some big names. Graham Potter, eh? Yep, he's in there. <laughs> he's up there. World-class manager. Uh, I just tried to think of guys that were like not for sure like going to get fired guys, but guys who I think they're just going to be gone. Hmm. And my bonus prediction is that Man City win the Champions League and they also win the Premier League by more than 10 points. Now what about your Southampton? Oh, that they're going to be closer to uh, the Europa Conference League spot than they'll be closer to relegation. Yeah, that one is. I'm a, all in. That is a steamy hot take. Because I'm, a lot of people are putting Southampton, Southampton in their bottom relegation. three. Yeah, and I don't see it. I don't see it. There's so many worse teams than Southampton, I feel I, like. I think Wolves would get relegated before Southampton. Yeah, no, no one's ready. But you ain't ready to have that conversation. 
Yeah. You ain't ready for that. See, the thing people don't understand about Southampton is that they're they're used to being terrible. Yes. A and they just they they manage. That's, yeah, they, that's like they their, don't let it get in their head. <laughs> that's that's one of their core competencies is that they're not very good. Yeah, and they're just like, all right, well, lads, next match. Yeah. And then they get hot for two and a half months, and they still don't like think, oh, man, this might just be the new norm. They're like, all right, next match. Yep. And then they just go back to being shit eventually. Yep, and they knew it was coming. Can't get too high or too low. Um. You want to do some predictions for the games this week? Talk about them? Yes. All right. Palace, Arsenal, first game tomorrow, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, our time. Selhurst Park. I thought it was at the Emirates. No. Nope. Uh, they were going for the setup, the trap game, first game of the season, just like they right. did last season. That's messed up. It is. Um, <laughs> Arsenal do kind of struggle with Selhurst. Well, I guess... Last year, but then I remember one time in like uh, I think it was like 2017 or 2018 they lost at Selhurst. I only remember that because we got like lunch at my dorm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> threw that on. Definitely um, have had some struggles in the past. What are you looking at in this game? Can Arsenal continue their stellar preseason form, or was that a fluke? Okay. And then... I respect it. Can Palace bring the intensity early? Because you know Selhurst is going to be rocking. Can they vibe off that? They truly do. Yeah, I would say that the main thing I want to see is their new signing, Ducore. And uh, assuming he starts and plays right away, his impact on the game, because I feel like... um. Not like Palace will be on the back foot necessarily, but Arsenal will definitely be looking to pounce and bring it to him, so they're going to need him to be buzzing all over the field. Uh, you got anything for prediction of the score? I'm going to say 2-1 Arsenal. I'm going to give him a cheeky 1-0 victory, Arsenal. Little Martinelli in the 80th minute. All right. All right. Game of the week. Liverpool Fulham. Always has cottage. always has to have that early morning Saturday game. That is just garbage. Just absolute shit. Um what I'm gonna be watching for in this, who is like the ultimate stat pattern for Liverpool to start off? I think that they'll win we'll just say four nil, but I wanna see how how many they get. Is that fair to say? Yeah. I think it'll be 3-0. Okay. Relatively Hattrick. easy. Hattrick for anyone? Hattrick for Nunez? I would Doesn't say... for the rest of the year? I would <laughs> say Mo Salah. That'd be so funny if he Liverpool fans like, oh yeah, who sucks now? And he just never scored again. I think it's going to be a rude awakening for Fulham. Fulham stink. They don't have any defense. Um... Bournemouth Villa. This one is at the Vitality. I look at this game and I see, okay, this is a game I think Bournemouth can catch Villa off guard. Yeah. And not respecting them. 
Yeah, I could see it too. Especially, I, I, I can go through Bournemouth's. You want to hear Bournemouth's season to start? Yeah. Villa, at City, Arsenal, at Liverpool, and then Wolves. But it get, it gets a bit easier from there. But still, like that's pretty City, brutal. Arsenal, Liverpool. Those are three I will guarantee you losses. Yeah. So this kind of feels not like a must win or anything, but if you're going to get points from like the first month of the season, it's probably got to be this game. Yeah. Uh, as far as what I'm looking at, it's definitely going to be a nice midfield dynamic out there of McGinn and Ramsey facing off against uh, Billing. I know Bournemouth brought in, um, I think his name is Rothwell? Yeah. Joe Rothwell, but I, I, I think they'll probably just go with Lerma out there since he's more familiar with, uh, with the side. But what are you thinking here as far as a result. I think it'll be 2-1. I think it'll be kind of like last season, the first game for Aston Villa where they got um, beat they by got Watford. Watford. Just kind of shocked. Uh, I think it'll be like that. I want to see Dom Solanke. I want to see him do it this year. Uh, I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw. Nothing too fabulous about that game. Uh, I think Villa are winning 1-0 most of the game and then blow it. That's, I guess, my prediction. Leeds and Wolves at Elland Road. I think in this one, I'm mainly going to be... Gosh, I can't even know what to expect yeah. out, of, uh, out of this very much. I know that Wolves are kind of trying to just go with a back four only now. So yeah. Lodge kind of implementing his system. There's talks that they might not really use Connor Cody. Right. <laughs> like, there's rumors of him going to Everton. Yeah. There's which is, is like baffling which, to me. Which would be hilarious because he's a Liverpool guy. Yeah. I don't think he'd do it, but um be a great pickup for Everton. Oh, it would be. Super cause... underrated. Just reading yeah, people like... talk about Connor Cody, it's like, wow. The disrespect this guy gets. Wolves had a fantastic defense last season. Yeah. Um, seeing Leeds attack, but also seeing if Wolves improve their attack. So I guess I'll be mainly looking for attack in this game. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with a... Wolves one nil victory. I'm gonna say one nil leads. Okay. Who's scoring Jack Harrison? It could be. Could be. Bad, bad. Ooh, that'd be that'd be spicy. I'd like to see that. Alright, it's the battle of the ends. Newcastle and Nottingham. This is a tough way to come into the league for Forest. <laughs> St. James's Park. It's going to be a brutal atmosphere for Forrest. Not to mention they're playing one of the best teams at home. This will only hurt a lot, Forrest. Yeah. Um, I want to see Newcastle come out, dominate possession, but be very wary of uh, Nottingham Forrest's counterattack. But I just like Newcastle's midfield so much, I think they'll be able to control the game easy. I'll go with a 2 niller. For Newcastle. Yeah, I like 2-0.
Tottenham, Southampton at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I think this should be a pretty comfy win for Tottenham to start off the season. I know we were talking about Southampton, but I don't think we need to get too spicy and say they're going to be Tottenham at home. No, but they did last year in one of the games of the season where they came from behind to win 4-3, and it was hectic. Well, um, I will say a Tottenham 2-1 to one victory. How about that for you? I'm going to say 2-0. Everton, Chelsea. Everton, who beat Chelsea twice last year at Goodison. Will Pat Frank have them up for this match? They don't dare do it again, do they? Three in a row on Chelsea? Chelsea would be on the brink of a banter club. You lose Everton three times in a row. Charity FC. You know, they feel bad for him. They, like, Everton, if Everton didn't have Chelsea last year, they would have went down. Yeah, it's true. I was also th would they have gone? Because how much did they stay up? Did they stay by a point last year? Or two points? I don't remember. Because I was thinking about the game against Arsenal too, where Damari Gray hit like a 30-yard curler off the post and in. And it's yeah. like, if that bounce doesn't go your way, you're fucking, you're in the fucking championship. <laughs> I don't know. Everton, can they make good on their second chance? Who knows? Um, as far as this game, seeing Chelsea's new signings implemented and stuff will be interesting. I'm going to go with a 2-1 uh, Chelsea victory. I'm going to say 3-1 Chelsea. Sunday matches. We have Leicester and Brentford. I got to say this might be my second least favorite game of the week besides Fulham and Liverpool. Yeah, I think this will be a good litmus test to see what these teams are looking like, where they're at. Size up match, I suppose. Size like. them up. Yeah, we'll we'll see what we're thinking versus what you're feeling, and uh, yeah, I just feel like the midfield uh, matchup definitely favors Brentford, but the attack definitely favors Leicester. So I just don't I don't feel great about this one for either. I want to see Leicester's defense be improved, but you know, I just don't know if it will be. Especially with Fofana potentially, you know, if he's in transfer talks, maybe he's sitting or something. Yeah. But but uh, I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw. I'm going to say 2-1 Leicester. Okay. Man, you, Brighton. I think this will be the first nil-nil. <laughs> No, this is this is one that uh, United wins about three 0 and people really get to Pecker cranking like something's up. That and is Brighton also just, very possible. Brighton are just like out to lunch that day for whatever reason. Um, but no, I, I, I just feel like United's attack will actually be all right under Ten Hag. They just couldn't get it going under Ole for whatever reason, and they're like panic fire him, and then. Your guy, the puppet master, was just too conservative. So I think Ten Hag will be able to 
work as magic with this one, but we'll see. All it takes is a Mwepu banger. And man, you bros, I don't feel so Next good. Next thing you know, you're down 4-0 to Brighton. <laughs> <laughs> at least it's not at the Amex. I thought it was at the Amex. Yeah, no. Um, West Ham City to close out the week. Definitely the best match on yes. paper. Um, should be an absolute clash of epic proportions. This one last year, West Ham could have, you know, if they held on, could have pulled out the title for Liverpool, but mm -hmm. Man City grinded away. Jack Grealish able to get the goal that saved the title for... Oh, wasn't that against Villa? No. Villa was uh, the last game of the year. Where they scored oh. three in like five yeah. minutes. I was okay. talking about like it's like the second or like third to last match. Gotcha. We're of talking the year. About different. Things. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we're on the same page now. But no, I'll. I mean, this game will be fantastic to watch for the star-studded names, and it feels like, you know, West Ham have a certain level that they play really well at, and it's like they, if it's middle of the year, you might not catch them that way because they're just gassed. But starting the year, you know. I'd figure they'd be looking pretty good, and they should be up for this one. Yeah, for the home fans, I I would say it's gonna be one one. I'm gonna go opposite direction. I'm gonna say three two city. I think it'll oh. be a a thriller. I like it. Yeah, I like it a lot. All right, what uh, what's your hot take for the week? The Sam's hot take. We're actually gonna keep track this season. I think. And okay. by I think, I mean I'm writing it down right now. All right. My hot take is that is that uh, Connor Gallagher is going to get an assist. Wow. Yeah. All right. Match day one. Connor Gallagher assist against Everton. Wow. I'll keep it a little, not, not too spicy. Yeah. I don't want to go... I don't want to throw the spice out the window. Absolutely. Whatever that means, yes. You don't <laughs> want to do that. Put, put that on a t-shirt. Don't want to throw the spice out the window. Well, it was a fantastic preview episode. Wish we could have went a little more in-depth in the previews and then kind of went more in-depth with our meme predictions. But it is what it is. And you know what? It's here. It's here. It's live. It's back. It's the Premier League in your life again, ladies and gentlemen. Is there anything more grand, more merry than opening day, Sam? Absolutely not. Well, on that note, adios. It's time to throw the spice out the window. Bye. Throw the spice out the window. <laughs>